the Super Bowl. We yeah. like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey. Absolutely the most legitimate sports talk program on 1027 ESPN. It's the Almost Sports Show with Jason Dick and C.J. Morgan. Join the conversation at 512-834-1027. Now here are Jason and C.J. Yes, big day in uh, international sports World Cup. USA taking on Iran, Iran, our uh, enemy as it so appears, and there's a lot of uh, political intrigue with that that goes back for decades. Plus, uh, we're going to talk Texas football. A little sad they didn't make the Big 12. The Cowboys, are they the best? Are they going to win it all? Some people think so. On top of that, we got a little uh, Odell Beckham controversy. Cowboys don't care, don't care at all, plus some uh, fantasy football chat because everyone loves talking about your own fantasy football team. Uh, My guy Nick filling in for Jason Dick. And man, what an exciting sports weekend it was. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood, Nick, because I don't think there's been a recent moment where I've actually had a good sports weekend where all of my sporting things went uh, according to, not according to plan, according, good. To, according to God's plan. Mm-hmm. God wants the Cowboys to win. They're America's team, and then God loves America. It's in the name of America. That's why there's a hole in the building. So exactly. you can sit there and watch them. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> the lightning was his way of... Uh, you know, I'm gonna. The lightning was her way of oh. uh, of of saying, you know what, ESPN 102.7 Almost Sports. No, I, no, I love no, you no. so much. I want to view you. So they, you know, just lightning in. Oh, you no, talking about the, the stadium? The, the actual, the, the sure. old Texas Stadium. That's why they said that it, it, it was opened because that way God could watch the Cowboys play football. But now God just stares at the jumbotron and gets distracted. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very true. That's why all these uh, terrible things are happening. I think. Because God is sitting there watching the jumbotron. He's letting things slide with the floods and the pestilence and the the end of the world. Fires, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's true. It's the Cowboys' fault, but oh well. Well, they're doing better, and that's why they're distracted and uh, bad things are happening. But first, on to Texas football. Actually, no, 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 no. No need uh, for the disappointing uh, music because Texas football taking on Baylor as, I guess, during rivalry week. That's now their big rival. Um, Better in tech. At the beginning of the season, uh, we were talking about predictions of what would make uh, for a successful Texas season. I said 9-3 and and uh, a bowl game win. Mm -hmm. They're a little behind schedule on that, uh, but still, this season felt like it could have been so much more. My predictions were they were going to lose to Alabama, they were going to lose to Oklahoma State, they were going to lose to Baylor, and then also on the day of, I said, oh, they're going to lose to Tech. I hate playing there. Uh, But still, overall, uh, knowing that they didn't make the Big 12, they had some dumb losses to uh, mainly like Texas Tech was just a bad, uh, dumb loss. Overall, how do you grade this season? How do you feel, Nick, as a fellow Bob Horn, as a fan who attended a game with me, how do you feel about the season? Because it's looking back, it's right on par almost to where I thought it would be. I didn't think they'd been yeah. the Big Twelve Championship. I didn't think uh they would I thought they would have, you know, three losses and make a bowl game, but somehow, some way it feels real disappointing. Is that because we got too hyped because of the close call with Alabama, because of Quinn? Well, it's to me, my whole thing has always been how does the program look? Is the program Headed in the right direction. Do, Do we have the stable? right people? Sure. Uh, yes. Is and, and and compared to last year, 
the program looks phenomenal. Like it, it sure. is the directions, everything is trending up in Longhorns stock. Okay, diamond strong hands, guys to the moon. Well, what about uh, you? You say that, and I agree, but I thought you were going to take a more negative approach because uh, there seems to be a lot of discontent amongst players. And we'll get to one you brought up with me uh, uh, featuring Xavier, where they supposed to be our top uh, receiver. Might not be his fault. We'll get to that. Uh, but there, there seems to be a lot of frustration in the locker room. We've seen, especially during the Oklahoma State game, a sideline just in complete flux. Um, well, so I don't, I don't know about if it's trending up. No, it's it's trending up. Don't do that. Come on. Okay. You're, 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 you're I, I see your tweets during game day. Okay. You're, you're the most pessimistic Longhorn fan I know. I know. And people get angry. Of a guy that that sure. started a whole island resort to sure. fire Tom Herman. Pe- people get angry at me, but I'm right. When I, when I sometimes I'll call a game in the second quarter, like oh this is over, and I'm usually right. More I'm I'm probably seventy five percent with that because I've watched enough football and basketball to know when a something's not happening and momentum shifts and it ends, well, but, okay. and especially if it doesn't change. But look, anyhow, look, look at the last what is it three games, two games when they play TCU uh, against Baylor and TCU, and was there somebody between there? Am I thinking Kansas State? I don't know. But the, the defense has looked incredible. Sure. They have looked like one of the top defenses. I, I'm, I'm super stoked about that because they their defense has been historically bad. Outside of third and fourth down, they're pretty damn good. And well, they, they, they gave up a, a couple of plays and, and some big runs. And they've adjusted but. that. Uh, they've adjusted the the third down thing. I, I I think quite a bit. But but just the 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 swagger. The yeah. we're gonna go out there and we're gonna kick your ass. Attude. That's a stat that won't show up in the box sure. score. But like that has looked phenomenal. They and have we, looked like an SEC defense to me. And we talk about the recent glory days of Vince Young and Colt McCoy, but we do forget, especially in the Vince Young years, that defense was loaded with NFL stars. We were DBU. Th- that was an incredible defense top yeah. to bottom. Uh, and even later on, we, we had a good D. And it's just looked in disarray. I mean, they... Basically had to rely on uh, on you know getting into offensive shootouts mm-hmm. to win games, but that's not the case anymore. And, and they and held TCU pretty damn well, like you said. It was a couple big home runs that they hit to to. But other than that, they I make mean, the and, back, and but they were good. The, the little bit of that I think just goes to uh, uh, what's his face, Gary Patterson. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure, the, the TCU yeah. head coach we had, he knew how to do that. So, but but just still, like the last couple of weeks, I feel like they have been. The defense has has um, done their job phenomenally, sure. and and the problem. And I'm finally I've I've been a Quinn Ewers guy's entire season. I said that he has the talent that you need to be one of the top programs. And I don't know whether he's got the yips. I don't know whether he's scared. I don't know whether he just don't doesn't care. I, I I don't know what his issue is. I think it's just that he's making business decisions. He doesn't want to get benched for Hudson Card, so he's throwing the ball away. But either way. Quinn Ewers is the problem with the offense. And uh, you know, that that they've been able to make it work with B. John Robinson and, and credit I, to Coach Steve with for you know figuring out a way to do that. I, I was gonna say that they finally learned to give the ball to Bijan in the last two yeah. games. And it it even, you know, in, in some of them, TCU, Oklahoma State, they were getting stopped in the second half. The line was tired, and they they abandoned the the run game. And tried to put it all on Quinn, but now they've realized take it off Quinn. This is what they should have done all season and just feed Bijan the Dijon. I mean, and, it's, and it's, now, I, look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and I'd have to go back and watch all the tape to tell you whether it's just that simple or not. If, if, if they have not 
if it's been a case of they haven't been able to feed Bijan because the defense is keen on him and their offense, I don't know about all that. But I, I just I know that Quinn Ewers is the problem right now. This offense, and uh, I, I think that he's kind of just he he'd rather throw the ball away than risk an interception. But like so many times the last couple of weeks, I've just it's been so frustrating because instead of him trying to make a play, it's just no, I'm just gonna throw the ball. I think there was even one. Uh, he had like a, a horrible intentional grounding, and I'm like, dude, you can't oh, do safety. that. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Like, you have to like do something else besides just throw the ball. And I think it's because he doesn't want to throw an interception because he doesn't want to get benched. Well, he's because even, he, he's he, trying to go to the NFL. He knows that Arch Man is coming, and but yeah. right now I'm like, if they're talking about wanting to 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 redshirt Arch Man. Like, no, get him out there as soon as possible because Quinn Ewers is not whether it's, it's 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 in his head See, or if he's if he's just. Doesn't have the I don't know if he's not. Football. I don't know if he's not the guy. I think this all happened too soon, too fast, even for him. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I, all season, but like I'm, just, I'm tired of it. I'm I think. Tired there, of it. I think three things. I think there was some sort of nagging injury that sure. got him off because he looked like a different quarterback after his shoulder or, or clavicle or whatever it was was hurt. Uh, so he looked like a different quarterback. He wasn't making plays. Then I think his confidence was shook. Uh, maybe he. Then I think he got the yips. It got in his head. Uh, and then I forget exactly what my third thing was going to be. I think it was something along Stupid the lines beard. of, uh, of they were, you know, relying on him too much. And there was a lot of confusion yeah. because a lot of the misplays, uh, in the games this season weren't necessarily his fault. There were receivers running different routes. There was miscommunication. So I think it was those, those three issues. It was a combination of things, but, but point being, He's not who we thought he was going to be and could be uh, in that Alabama game before he got hurt. Yeah. And then, you know, in the Oklahoma game, like clearly something is different. And again, this is technically he's a freshman. This is his first season. So I still think give the guy some slack. I am a fan of uh, red shirting Arch Manning because I think if you have a talent like that, you don't throw him into the fire just yet. You you develop a quarterback. You got to take your time to develop them until mm-hmm. they're ready. And if they're not, it's just going to cascade into worse things and more failures. Well, my problem with that is that it looks like the rest of the team, and and I don't, I don't want to scare you, CJ, but I, I don't think Bijan's going to be there next year. He's not. No way. It's possible that they might load him up with an NIL bank and, and convince him to stay. Uh, and once, once they start saying they're going to consult their family and yeah, God... And so, they're so, but, like after that, it's you. Once they start saying they're consultant, they're done. That's just their nice way of waiting until the season's over. Yeah. Um, if I mean, is he gonna if the bowl games? And, and first of all, Bijan, go like please go. Now I would love for you to stay, mostly because I don't have a first round pick in my dynasty fantasy football league, so I can't get him. But uh, like you, you've you've earned the right to go. You, you've done enough for the university. It's fine. I have, I have no problems with you skipping the bowl game and, and going to whatever. And so it's going to be difficult to replace Bijan Robinson. But I think they've got some recruits stacked up. They've got um, the the you know is it Keon, not Kyron they got the, they've got another Robinson that has looked sure. decent and, a, and another they've got uh, players come up there. But yeah. the rest of the team looks ready to start winning right now. And if we are still sitting here next season with like, well, is it? Is, is Quinn Ewers going to be the guy? Well, then, does yeah. he have, then, then, so I'm not, I'm not saying he he's done. You know, he's not Zach Wilson. We don't have to throw him out. But the coach needs to make stronger decisions at this point next year. Uh, I well, mean, it's too late now. But if, needs if we to. have Arch Manning, 
I don't care about his red shirt. Put the put the legacy kid in there. Put the third generation NFL Hall of Famer in there and see if he can take Texas to the next level. Because that because the rest of the team looks like they're ready for it. And so that that's my only issue uh, and and why this season is disappointing is because I think with this, you know, a couple of ex like I if you had had any other quarterback starting against TCU, I think we can probably put together some 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 sure. score some points and you maybe upset TCU, you're in the Big 12 championship, you're maybe in the college football playoffs. I mean, I, I don't know if they would be able to get it after USC, but like there it's like just two more games that we should have easily won. Uh Tech should have been a win, um even though I I predicted they would lose and I hate yeah. playing in Lubbock. Uh that but that game shouldn't have got out of control like that. Oklahoma State Saying, I mean, there are so many shoulda, woulda, coulds. Um, but and but they, the, the they TCU is the main one. The, T- the TCU a, game was right there for them. Yes, and, and, and that's why it's disappointing. Is because we should they be playing been a one for a one-loss team. We should be playing for a, a big Twelve championship. Absolutely. And you said uh, Bijan most likely gone going into the NFL, but you have breaking news. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, breaking news sound effect. Here we go. <laughs> Right on that, uh, the Pony Express is here with something new. Uh, we might lose uh, another player, but not to the NFL draft. So Xavier Worthy has, uh, I know if you guys aren't familiar with what the kids do with their TikToks and their grams, but he, he has, as they say, scrubbed his Instagram, which that means removed all references to the University of Texas. All of his pictures have nothing to do with us, no burnt orange what at all. Flex. Uh, which which is what you said, like like when, when recruits start talking about consulting with their family, it means they're gone to the NFL. When you do this, that means you've broken up with somebody. Usually it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, but in this case it might be the Longhorns. And Coach Steve actually, um, you know, they addressed it in his press conference earlier, is Xavier Worth happy at Texas? Uh, and he did the whole coach being run around thing, you know, about how good he is. He's a good politician. Sark yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't look disheveled at all. Yeah, and he basically said... Uh, you know, he likes, I'd much rather have a receiver that's frustrated that he didn't contribute more to an, a win uh, than a guy who's content to go on the field and the ball not coming his way and, and blah, 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 blah. So like, but, and, and, and then the rumors, allegations, whatever, are that he wants to go to USC. He wants to play with the Heisman Trophy uh, front runner, Caleb Williams, and be coached by, uh, what's his face, Lincoln Riley. Which I honestly, uh, Xavier Worthy's from Fresno, uh, California, not the one up in Dallas, as uh, your your work stepdaughter Emily Edge talked about this morning. Did she mean Frisco? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, so like that kind of makes sense, and and I get it. Like if you if you, I, I've been frustrated watching uh, Quinn Ewers not deliver passes, and if you're trying to catch them, and if like and if Xavier Worthy's like, hey, I'm trying to go be like a number one draft pick, or, or, or I need to look good, pick, sure. And if he thinks that Quinn Ewers can do it, and that's my big issue with Quinn Ewers, is I was look, I was trying to look at this when I realized this halfway through that Baylor game, is I was I was watching him go on the field, off the field, especially after a disappointment, a disappointing drive, and just seeing how the rest of the team reacts to him. Do they like Quinn Ewers? Who is his best friend? I remember when we had Colt McCoy, his best friend was Jordan, Jordan Shipley. Shipley. Yeah, they were they, they, they like, played catch on the water. The Colt threw him a one on the boat or something like that. Team chemistry is very important, and, and you're like, saying I, that this guy maybe is looked at as a Prissy, Hollywood, million-dollar quarterback Kinda. that's not delivering. I, I just look. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the. Yeah. I'm not tuned into what's going on on, on, on the public on, on, on the, in the, the forty acres social scene scene. But like, do they like Quinn Ewers? Does he have friends on the show, or does he just come in, do his thing, and then he's and he's out? And and like that's always. I didn't. I don't mind that kind of mercenary attitude when you're playing good, but he's not playing good. Yeah. 
And if you cost a Xavier Worthy, like, I'm sorry, dude. Let's let, I'd rather have Xavier Worthy than Quinn Ewers. Damn. I mean, Heavy just, hitting. Well, because... It, I would rather have Burt Auburn. Did he get hurt, by the way? Is, is he hurt? Is he okay? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, just sorry. Make sure Burt's okay. I'll worry Did you about see him. something, or are you just always concerned for Burt Auburn? Well, both, but uh, <laughs> he, he was... Uh, he didn't play the entire game. All so, right. Or just kicked field goals. I don't know. I don't know. And, and look, again, like uh, this is the state of college football with the transfer portal. As players come in, players come out. We've got uh, a lot of good recruits. We've got some good receivers. We'll be able to find some, especially if there's an opening. I got an so idea. I'm not, I'm not let's, grab, let's grab Michigan's backup quarterback, who last year led him to a Big Ten championship. He wants to go in the transfer portal because he was benched this year. Let's yes. grab him for one season, red shirt uh, uh, arch, and let him develop. And then, uh, you know, just rent a quarterback, and maybe Xavier will stay just a little longer. I mean, sure. That, look, do whatever you want. But, uh, but, but the point is, is like, the, I understand why it's disappointing because of that. Uh, because, like, like I said, the season, we, the potential was there for so much more. We got into it, and we're like, holy crap, we are, may not be as bad as we thought we were. And so it's disappointing. But also going into the season, if I told you that, you know, that this is where the end result was kind of be, I think we all would be like, yeah, you know, that's, I'll, I'll take those many wins in a bowl sure. games. So, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to your Burt Auburn question. I apologize. Oh yeah, that's I'll, the most I'll do, important I'll do, thing. I'll do uh, some research on our. By country. the way, this is the Burt Auburn Hotline in the one zero two seven ESPM Studios five one two eight three four one zero two seven. If you want to call in on the Burt Auburn Hotline, also at Almost Sports on Twitter. Coming up, more, more, more fantasy football talk. It's going to be the entire show. Actually, the rules are only five minutes and. Am I a professional soccer player? Yeah, kind of, sort of. More ESPN, more Almost Sports coming up. Now back to Almost Sports with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. This computer angers me. But we just gave a moment of silence uh, for Mm -hmm. uh, everyone, to respect the people that need to be respected. So a moment of silence for that. It's uh, Almost Sports, man. After that mistake, I doubt I'll be here next week. I don't know if they're going to keep me around, but uh, I already already threatened to quit if some sports things didn't go my way. Uh, But first, a sports thing that did go my way. I am a professional soccer player. We'll get to that, but first, uh, World Cup time. The action is hot. And whether or not you're a soccer fan, and I'm just going to say this, yeah, like, yes, we get it. Americans, we're not soccer fans, but the cliche, like, oh my God, a tie. Listen, I understand, but enough with that on the internet. Um, I am also, I love the NFL. I love sports, but the difference about soccer is it's exciting because it's nonstop action. Once a goal is scored, it is a rare thing, so it's more exciting. And I really took stock watching some NFL games because people kept bitching about it. I was just background watching this debate on the internet. And I did not realize how much of an NFL game is just commercials. Yeah. Like, it is more than the actual content itself. Yeah. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry, rightfully so. It's one of the largest sports, if, if not the, uh, definitely the largest in the United States, but uh, globally one of the largest as well, behind soccer, of course. But just the amount of content of actual football we get to see uh, invalidates your argument, so shut up. But if you hate soccer, if you're mad... You got to love your country at least, right? Because if you love football, God, apple pie in America, uh, America's played today. A historic enemy, Iran. 
That's coming up at one o'clock, and it's going to be uh, exciting because there's a little bit of a little bit of back and forth, a little bit of uh, anger happening, and it's not just because we depose their democratically elected uh, uh, leader and put the Shah and the monarchy back in place in the seventies. And that's you know, a mistake. And, uh, but there's a there's a lot of bad blood in. Earlier in the week, uh, the United States on one graphic left out a symbol, which I believe is a, I, I'm not entirely sure on this, but it's a, it, it's essentially a symbol on their flag uh, with religious connotations, left it out in one image and said, we're doing that to support the, uh, the women protesters in Iran. And uh, basically it launched this whole like weird extra cold war mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the match. And there was a, a pretty heated press conference where it sounded like uh, the reporters asking the U.S. players questions, the Iranian reporters were like, how come, uh, you know, Americans can travel here, but we have to have a visa and just kind of like, and, and talking about segregation, talking about uh, the United States history. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, it sounded like government fed questions to the reporters uh, but hey, we're also on our way to a far right theocracy, so don't get too in high and mighty about this. But uh, it it was very almost distracting from the match itself. Now there's reports that if any of the uh, Iran Iran players do any kind of uh, protest or or misbehave, their families are in danger. And mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of I think that's also a little bit of propaganda on our side. But one of the one of the shining moments of the press conference was uh, our captain. Uh, Tyler Adams was was you know asked some questions. He was he was uh, in the in the hot seat, and I feel like he answered it basically not just in in a politician politically astute way, but just just in a way that that makes you proud. That like, damn, that dude, that dude's our captain. That dude is representing the United States. He's representing football as a whole, and really just. Made you like the guy a lot more. So this is the United States captain uh, at the press conference earlier this week. And, of course, audio is not playing. Why would it do that, Nick? Why am I, why am I not hearing anything? Because <laughs> you did such a good job setting it up. I did. I did. I, I talked about it. I, I got excited. Oh, you know, I, I, um, did you restart the computer? Sometimes you got to restart the computer, I think, is, is, is a trick. Okay. I'm going to kick it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after a kick, here we go. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on... Uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that and obviously it takes longer to understand and through education I think it's it's super important like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country so um, yeah it, it's, a, it's a process I think is as long as you see progress uh, that's the most important thing America yeah uh, but really that was I, I feel like that was an astute very very 
good answer, and he didn't shy away or say that, mm-hmm. you know, America's the best. or really, he, he admitted to it, and I think the, the most poignant thing there was that he sees change and growth uh, in the United States. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I like that answer. I feel very excited that this guy's our captain. And I was worried that so much of this distraction is going to give an edge to a team that already heavily uh, likes us. There, there is a past history playing on the pitch, and of course with the United States and, and Iran. Uh, but that just makes me feel more confident about this team, who is in a must-win situation. They draw or lose. They're out. They win. They're in. It's that simple. And again, look at me making it more about if my team wins or not. But that that just uh, that was uplifting. You know, I, I feel like that is a young man who's seasoned and cultured and, and a leader of this team saying the right thing and meaning it, not just uh, sugarcoating something and and giving a good political press conference answer. Well, especially because the the uh, now I'm going to Iran Iranian uh, reporter. It's clearly, it's clearly, it's clearly angry, and is trying to make him look stupid. Like, sure. yeah. And, and so to be able to just sit there, and even though there's a little bit of just like athlete speak and, and just kind of, um, you know, dancing around there, like it still was able. The fact that he just wasn't like, uh, I don't know, is good. Now I think that there was somebody that was asked about like battleships or something off the coast of Iran. Well, and why yeah, we're not yeah, doing that? There, and so like it's just like, come a, on, dude. Like there's, that's. There's a United States naval presence in the Persian Gulf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably a United States naval presence everywhere. Uh, but just the point is, is like these guys are sitting there coming after them, and it's like, hey, man, we're we're, we're soccer players. And so that fact that he actually has, like you said, a a kind of well thought out, coherent Measured response, response yeah. is good. And uh, I I would just say like you know this, you're right. The U.S. needed to we we need to win this game. And whoever and whoever was in charge, so there's oh, some bad blood. Cool, I don't care about that. Uh, but like whoever was in charge of the the, the Twitter uh, thing that made all this happen, it's like, wow, dude, you're not helping anybody out here. No, not in any way, shape, or form. But I, I'm excited about the matchup. I think that we still, you know, uh, from what I, I I tried to watch a little bit of the England, and I mostly I think caught like the second half where the U.S. was not performing quite as well. Um, but everybody seems to say that uh, that that was a uh, quite a dominant draw that we had. It was, and I know that's I know that's dumb and weird, and and people are frustrated about ties. But in in the group stages, you don't go to extra time, or because you still get a point for a draw. You no, get, I, I don't care about the the draws or the ties. Whatever, I, I know. It's fine. But I'm, I'm talking about like just do. the idea that like well, they dominated in that draw, is and there was weird. no score or win. But but, but yes, they. They held a better opponent scoreless. Yes, uh, and they themselves didn't score. But had they lost, they would be in a in a bad position. Probably would not move on. So so being able to do that, and and it's not like they just played a defensive game. Like a lot of uh, I don't want to say lesser countries, but you know countries with less experience, less global stars will play a heavily defensive game. Yeah. Uh, and hope for counterattacks, but mainly just play for the draw, or not even play for the draw, but they play to not lose or not lose too bad. And the United States didn't do that. They They were were playing to win. and they Until the very end, but yeah. They dominated a a uh, tired-looking England team, and I will say, like, this is a country, this is the United States men's team that are entering what's called their golden generation, which every country's gone through different times where it is their best players in their prime, and I think that's still four years away, but I think 
if they can win today, if they can put all that decide, uh, aside and play their best against an opponent that hates them and wants to beat them, I think they have a chance to do something in this tournament. And that's not just because I bet on them to, I bet money because they had one in 10,000 odds at the time to, <laughs> to uh, win the World Cup. I mean, obviously there's a financial stake in it for me, but uh, I, I feel better about this team. The coach can be frustrating, some of his decisions, but the, the, the guys on the pitch, the players themselves, I, I feel good about. Uh, outside of some defensive lapses every now and then, which make them look desperate and... Uh, <laughs> Not quite the caliber of team to to square up against England. Other than that, I, I think this is a a good country, and I want to move us into even tier two speak. But it's going to be exciting. It's at one o'clock today. I I tell you, if you're at work, wherever you're doing, just turn it on, watch it. It's on our enemy Fox, but it's still going to be a historical moment. Uh, win, loss, or draw. Hopefully, a win. And another thing, just in history of uh, the World Cup, this has been. A very bizarre season because they're a year, uh, not year, every four years, uh, a very bizarre World Cup because there have been monumental upsets in in every group. Usually yeah. there's a couple of Cinderella's or a couple of big upsets, but to have this many this early on and in pretty much every group stage is fascinating and fun. And we're entering, uh, there are four teams in each group. They play each other team, so there are three total matches. Uh, today starts the uh, the third and final matches round of group stage before the 16 uh, best teams, top two in each group, qualify for the knockout tournament where there will be extra time and mm-hmm. penalty shootouts. There are no ties there, Nick. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch in the next couple of days, uh, especially with our own team, and because the way the point system worked, because the way goal differential works, there are a lot of in, a lot of insane, crazy, fun scenarios that can happen. So far, and again, I haven't checked uh, with today's standings, but as of yesterday, only two teams had qualified and only two teams were knocked out, which is also insane coming down to the last round of group qualifications. This is a bizarre, controversial, historical World Cup, but it's also a lot of fun when it just comes to to watching uh, watching the soccer and well, enjoying it. So my question to you is, where should I go watch this? Because I, I was planning on watching this somewhere. I wanted to go out Haymaker. and get the whole experience. Um, go, to, go to a soccer bar. Go to Haymaker. Go to, uh, I think, B.D. Riley's and Miller. Um, you have uh, Mr. Tramps. Uh, there are a lot of good places to go watch a, a soccer match. And um, in doing so, you, you'll have people that are enthusiastic and ecstatic, and you'll catch on to that vibe. And then, you know, people always answer questions and talk and... Well, see, my problem is just I, I don't understand what's going on with soccer, and I don't hold it against it. Um, but just like I, I sit there and I'm I'm watching, like I said, them play against against England, and you know they they kick the ball to the guys in the middle, and then instead of going at, and running at, I'm like run at the goal, run at the goal, yeah. And but then it's like no, no, I'm gonna kick it back to here, and now I'm gonna kick it back to the goalie. And so you talk about how there's constant action. There's not. Yeah, there, there, there is a lot of that. But back I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna hold it against it. I just. But I, a lot of times that's trying to. You're you get the ball, you develop a play. Sometimes it's intentional. Like there are plays and scenarios where they have a preset thing they want to do, and if you, uh, sometimes again it's not always because it is very on the fly. But if you see that and then they're kicking it back. They're resetting and trying something new because they see a defense or they see something they don't like. Or, I mean, 
As I learned yesterday on the pitch, the game moves very fast, and it gets very scary and confusing. And we'll talk about that, more World Cup, more NFL, fantasy football, and me being an official soccer star. Hang around. The Almost Sports Show with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. Am I a soccer superstar? Nick, how do I get fit? You're going to be my trainer. That's coming up. But first, uh, let's get to the NFL. Last night was Monday Night Football, and I was not expecting much. But boy, was I in for a treat for that shootout, even after Aaron Rodgers was hurt, leaving the game early. Uh, his backup came in, scored a touchdown, still kept it close. And I wasn't just watching it because I had a fantasy running back and important implications in it. Uh, it was actually a really good game because Monday's, and Thursdays, especially Thursdays, have uh, been floundering. And I was excited to think that, damn, if the Packers can do this, maybe, just maybe, the Cowboys can catch them. Uh, unfortunately for us, uh, the, uh, the Eagles uh, did win. They are now uh, the top of uh, the NFC. They're top of the NFC East. And uh, we'll get into more of the standings. But first, looking at the playoffs, uh, the Cowboys, hopefully, will make it. They are in the wild card position, but they are number three overall in the uh, NFC. Mm-hmm. And this is something I've brought up time and time again. I hate divisions. I think the divisions are dumb. But then part of my brain is, well, CJ, you play each team in your division twice, so that might make it a little more important. But do you think in something like the NFL or even other sports, the top six teams should get in and be seeded as the top six teams, you shouldn't get seeding preferent. Uh, you shouldn't be preferentially seeded because you win your your division. Which yeah, means what, what you're trying to say is the Atlanta Falcons or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or whoever wins the NFC South, should not get a home playoff game over the Cowboys. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess they should make the playoffs, but they should not be. Uh, a top four team because the four division winners in each conference get a top four seed. But yeah, it, it should just be seeded as to who is the best. It's dumb. Well, it, it doesn't seem fun to me, the idea. Um, I feel like if anybody was going to go no divisions, NBA. I, I, I feel like. Now, I know with, the, I don't know a, a lot about baseball with their whole divisions and everything. It seems weird that the Astros and the Rangers are down there. But that kind of makes sense. That game has been going on for so long. There's like, I mean... Um, I mean, there's a point where they only had four teams playing in the... Well, but I'm, but I'm saying like like those playoffs. rivalries have been around forever. Like yeah, Car- Cardinals-Cubs. But they've switched um, teams to entirely different uh, uh, leagues. I don't care. I'm not going to argue about baseball. Okay, okay. Do, do whatever you want. But like the NBA, I think definitely the idea that you have a West and an East... Uh, that that seems stupid, and especially when like there's like a huge in the past. You know, like the East has been super weak, and the West is super strong. Just now it's kind of switched. Just just give me the best teams in basketball, because we basically we barely care about all five of the players on an individual team. You know, it's usually about the superstars that we care about. So much like sure, just give, see, give me the, give me the overall bracket. Yeah, give me the best one in the NBA. That seems like a no brainer, easy to do. Where the two best teams are well, on opposite yeah. sides of the bracket and yes. do it that. Sure, yes. yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Why? NFL, why do we stick with these traditions when it's not best for sports or best for the but team I, I, that's I think earned for the it? NFL, it is best for the sports. I think because like I I don't care about a Cowboys. I mean, the the divisions make a lot of games interesting. You know, like I don't necessarily care about a bunch of these teams. I don't care what happens with the, with with the, with the um, 
the Chargers, you know, but but knowing that it's they have to go play Patrick Mahomes twice. I mean, I think it makes it interesting historically uh, as well. Yeah, but, but more so, you know, like like I hate the Eagles. I, and I yes. have several Eagles friends, and our group chats are just them whenever the Eagles are playing, <laughs> just talking about yeah. It's always it's it's the always sunny gif of everybody dressed like an eagle, or yeah. you know stuff like that. And then like I come back there uh, when the Cowboys uh, uh, dominated on on Thanksgiving, I just the Jimmy Johnson, how about them Cowboys gif in response? Every- like that's that's fun, that's awesome. And if you're telling me that because the AFC South sucks or um, you know, whenever there's, a, a, was it the, I think it was the Carolina Panthers that came out one year and made the playoffs as a terrible, like almost sub yeah, 500. The, the, and you like, brought those, up the Seahawks. That was a classic yeah. one where they beat New Orleans. But even and then, they gave us the the whole uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, the, the the decibel run. Yeah, where the earthquake run. But so the the point is, is like I I like that it it makes it more fun when you have your rivals and I, knowing that saying... it's the Giants and the Eagles. So that's so I, I want the division. Sure. I don't I'm want not to just saying, not do the division. I'm not saying get rid of the division. And I think if you win your division, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. But when they seed the playoffs, it oh, they should, should absolutely receive the playoffs. They should seed the playoffs yes. according to wins, not according to division winners first and then wild card next, because then it's just it sets up an unfair advantage for a team that hasn't necessarily earned it at all. Winning your division doesn't mean crap, especially since we've seen some divisions can be very strong, others mm. can be. Just weak and crap. Well, but also if if you're gonna worry about the um, the fairness or the uh, competitive advantages in the playoffs, now we just have one buy. One team from each conference goes has as a first round buy. That seems incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when the Cowboys are probably aren't gonna get it because in other sports, uh, I would say that a bye week, especially in baseball, a first round playoff buy is dangerous because momentum is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And I think having that and not playing when you're playing every uh, several games in a week uh, is bad. But in the NFL, it's completely different because the wear and tear in your body, the being able to really study your opponent. I think the NFL, one of the things they do well, better than other sports maybe, is, is the studying and game planning and preparation for an opponent. And I think having that bye week gives you such an edge in that aspect, in being able to recover, mm-hmm. uh, get your health and, and everything. So I think that is massive and sure, well-deserved for the, the top two teams, but just garbage, garbage when it comes to the, and, and it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan and I think it's unfair that they're number three in the NFC uh, yeah, go beat the Eagles, win your division if you want to be a top four seed. But no, you're absolutely right that the you have Tampa Bay, who is below. Are they currently even, the division winner? They are the, their division winner, and they are below everyone in the uh, NFC East. Mm-hmm. They are below the Commanders, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, and they are. I won't. I don't want to say guaranteed a playoff spot, but they're guaranteed a, a damn playoff spot, and they should not be a have home field advantage well, and Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, as I say, especially when it's Tom Brady, you just know that he's going to sit the there and they're, they're going to figure gonna it out. Up. Sure, they're going to turn it on. Tom Brady's going to do Tom Brady things, even though he looks done. He looks like Peyton Manning, which is somehow an insult now. It, it's that brain's growing. Mm-hmm. He got he got smarter up here. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. really heavily flirting with them, and then he kind of made a goof. Uh, went on an airplane, was unresponsive, belligerent, and uh, got in a bit of trouble. But the Dallas Cowboys say, doesn't matter. 
None of that matters. And I partially agree. Uh, is he a locker room distraction? At this point in his career, I don't think it matters. I don't think he is. At this late in the season, I don't think it's going to disrupt this team. I think he adds an X-factor element. He's a mercenary. He's a rent-a-player. Mm-hmm. And had he not got, I mean, the Rams still won the Super Bowl, but I think he would have been even more of a factor had he not got injured in his first catch. Uh, I'm all for the Cowboys going after and getting Odell, and I think he adds so much more to this playoff run at receiver uh, just having him on the field. What say you, Nicholas? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I don't mind it at all. Um, so you you mentioned his airport, airplane incident, uh, which is that he, he alleges that he just fell asleep and they thought that he was somehow, I guess the uh, implication is that he was drunk. Drunk, yeah. And non-responsive, which gets you kicked off a flight. And I don't know. I mean, he was going from, he was, he was flying out of Miami. So if you tell Wait, me that Odell Beckham Jr. Miami. was was a little... A little shampoo drunk on his flight out of Miami. Listen, I'm going to tell you right <laughs> like, now, yeah, because we've seen so many what we call Karens or whatever. We've seen a lot of people on airplanes do stupid things. And listen, traveling is very, very stressful. Getting through the line, getting there early, dealing with this weird TSA pretend that uh, you don't have to take your shoes off, but you do. Just it's a farce. It's a sham, and it adds to all this dangerous, annoying. Everything. Flying alone is stressful. Being in an aluminum I, tube. I think it's a little bit different Odell Beckham first class style. I think it's sure. probably not as stressful as but you regardless, as I trying to go fl- out of Austin. Flying is still stressful. And maybe this didn't go to Odell Beckham, but I will say there are a lot of people that probably usually don't drink as much or do. But uh, I think people throw benzos in the mix. Mm-hmm. Xanax, Clonopin, whatever you, yeah. you want to say. I think people take stuff to relax on a plane. And when you mix that with alcohol... It changes you and makes you weird and makes you, I mean, think yeah. of bridesmaids. And I think that's where we I, see I a lot of times. Uh, I had a roommate that liked to do that, some sort of the, uh, mixology in college. And we just came home one night and he's just like tearing, like taking all of the stuff in our kitchen and the cabinets and just throwing it on the ground. All the food. And probably didn't remember. The plates. Oh, no. Yeah. He and like, like, and he was, I was trying to stop it's, him. And he, want, he was trying to fight me. Alcohol and Xanax or Ambien, you can yeah. time travel. And that's yeah. that's the danger that I think a lot of people do is they assume, oh, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to knock myself out and sleep. Fun fact, sometimes you don't knock yourself out. You knock other people sleepwalk, out. And yeah, you knock other people out or you get knocked out by security because you take pills, you mix it with alcohol or don't even mix it with alcohol, but you don't crash and sleep because you're already in a stressful, weird environment. And then you become a zombie person that's and you might do things that you're not usually going to do because you're drugged out of your mind. I don't think Odell Beckham, I don't think he was in that situation, but I'm just saying when you fly, maybe don't mix booze and pills. I, I blame that on. I mean, the, the, the next day, my roommate was like, what happened? And I was like, dude, you you lot. And he's like, oh, yeah, shouldn't have done that. I did that once in college where after floating the river and going to eat and doing all mm-hmm. I I time traveled where my girlfriend and friends and roommates kept trying to put me to bed. And then I kept showing up at different parties, different I apartments. You, you like, seem like it was the time traveling. Worse. I, I, I've had to, uh, as, as Jason's morning show producer, it's been I, I finally accrued enough uh, seniority around this building to just declare I don't have to deal with him when he's on one yeah, of those yeah. things. You seem way worse. Not necessarily. You, like like Jason is is is, is while well, he gets kind of crazy. He was always you could always like guide him. 
Yeah. You know, you could just push him into the cab or the Uber and be like, take him home. You seem like a handful. You seem like mm. you'd like to escape and get out of your, like, I, I was like, oh, CJ's in bed. It's like, next thing you know, you're running around the front yard naked. Sometimes. I would say maybe that was just definitely college, briefly in college. CJ. CJ. But actually, I was more the caretaker of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, as a lifelong heavy drinker, I could drink more and handle oh, my... Oh, still fine? I, Everybody I, else is No, gone. I didn't say I was fine, <laughs> but I think I I wouldn't get into... Because, again, as a regular heavy drinker, uh, I was used to being drunk, yeah. whereas some people aren't. So I, I felt in a lot of roles, I was more the caretaker. I would more keep... That's what I mean by fine. I you, would, you were still cognizant. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I would... And, and, and I would control your I actions. was the one that would keep friends from getting in fights, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I was more that sort of dude just because I had to be, and I don't want to say it's just because I drank all the damn time, uh, but I, 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 I think that was a part of it because when you're young and wild, you drink and do that. And I'm, I, I was never, other than that time on Xanax in college, don't do it, kids, uh, I was never a blackout drinker. I was never, I would forget what I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not know. I mean, definitely it makes you irrational makes the temper flare, makes other things go. But I, I, I really wasn't that bad. How are you at the uh, fade route in the end of the end zone? Could you one-hand catch it? Because it, that's what matters to Odell Beckham. If I had those gloves, yeah. You yeah. can catch anything if you have those gloves <laughs> these days. I learned that when I played flag football for our radio station teams, is the gloves do all the work. Mm-hmm. But flag football is not what we're going to talk about when we come back. We're going to talk about me being a soccer star. Spoiler alert. Uh, there are no gloves to help you out.